Identity. What does this term mean? Is it the fact of being, or is it our characteristics or traits? Is it how society sees us, how God sees us, or how we see ourselves? Who are we? What is our true identity? And where are we truly rooted? At this time, would the person sitting at the end of the pew please take a seed from the cup and pass it down the row so at the end of the message, every person will have a seed. As Rachel and I talk, please hold the seed in your hand. If you do not receive a seed, please ask another row or just imagine one in your hand. Thank you. From the outside, I'm a happy-go-lucky person who tries to see the positive in every situation and strives to do my best to help anyone who needs it. However, for those who really know me, I can never say no, I'm obsessed with perfection, and I'm very hard on myself. And sometimes I'm absolutely exhausted at the end of the day. Since I gave my life to Christ, I have strived to be the perfect Christian, one who follows the two commandments Jesus gave us, to love God and to love others as ourself. I've taken these commandments wholeheartedly and strive to do my best at these two important tasks Jesus gave us. But I've missed an important component to his commandment. He says to love others as ourself, referring to our need to love ourselves first before we can love others. But to be honest, I have struggled with loving myself. Throughout my whole life, I have put all of my energy into making others happy and helping them. I am the oldest in my family and most, most of the time had to help my younger siblings as a second mom while my mom finished nursing school. In many of my friend groups, I am known as the mother hen who always makes sure everybody has their seatbelts on and helps them with any problem. If someone asks me for help, I will leave all of my worries to make sure they get the help they need and I will do whatever is in my power to help them. I'm a nurturer who wants the best for others, and I love this trait about myself, but I rarely take that extra time to see how I'm doing or if I need help. I've strived to always help anyone who needs it, but in the process, I have forgotten to strengthen my relationship with God and to take care of myself. I used to think it was selfish for me to focus on my needs when others were suffering and needed assistance, but I forgot that sometimes I suffer and I need help. I'm definitely not perfect, and I am reminded about my humanness every day. But for the longest time, I have expected myself to be perfect so I can assist others. I have expected myself to never have a bad day because I felt I needed to be there for others. And I thought they needed me more than I needed to help myself. I've been so focused on nourishing everyone else's seeds that I've left my sprout to wither away. I haven't allowed God to nourish me the way he wants and desires to because I've been so focused on rooting myself and others, putting them first before my relationship with God. I've expected myself to be a rock for everyone else, but I've forgotten that I hurt, I bleed, and sometimes I need someone to take care of me. I love helping others. It's my mission. But in order to properly nourish and help others, I need to let God nourish me and love the person he has made me to be, who I am, my identity. I need to work on my relationship with God because he loves me, and I know he wants me to love myself. 
I'm realizing that it is not selfish to take some time to love God and the person, that he, or the person who is standing here in front of you. Jesus wouldn't have said to love others as ourself if he didn't think it was important. For my whole life, I've been loving off this, an artificial energy that leaves me exhausted and unfulfilled as I constantly nurture and give all of myself to others instead of giving all of myself to God. I need to be rooted in this, my Bible. I want to be that mustard seed that grows and flourishes in God's garden. And I can only do that when I'm rooted in his word and spending time with him. I am working on my relationship with God and my relationship with myself. God does and always will provide for me what I need right here in his word. When I strengthen these relationships with God and myself, I know I will then be able to help others even more than I could ever imagine. I am definitely a work in progress, and I am working on worrying less and praying more, as well as getting a few moments in for me time to recharge and meditate. I'm realizing more and more that I need God in order to truly help others and to help find the balance between loving others and taking care of myself. We should follow Jesus's two important commandments, but in the process, please do not lose track of your relationship with God and your relationship with yourself, because these two relationships are very important. I challenge you to spend a little time with God today, and then to do something that makes you happy. Listen to your favorite song or watch a silly YouTube video. Do something that makes you happy, and I guarantee it will give you the energy you need to overcome any obstacle you face. Well, that's my girl right there. <laughs> Ken's and I are very alike. As best friends, we are linked by love, anxiety, stress, and the difficulty of saying no, which results in the planting of our seeds in way too many places. As many of you know, I came to CLU as a mustard seed, and a very small one at that. I kind of felt like a fly on the wall or someone just going through life being, not living. I came from being someone and something in high school, this big bubble full of things, to being here, to being somewhere different, to having to start over. And I can't even begin to tell you how hard it was, but I'm sure most of you know. I don't know if it was fear that held me back or nerves, but it wasn't the lack of anyone else's work. It was the lack of myself not being able to make a choice to root myself here. Now, being teachers, Kenzie and I brought our pops along. And sorry, Terry, this is terrible artwork, but I brought my box. <laughs> now, I know all of us have one of these. We may just not have made it. But we have them in our heads. Everyone has one of these boxes, and it's kind of a self-perception box. Or the box you try and shove yourself into for society, family, or friends. Everyone has one, big or small. But what this box also says is how I judge myself. I thought all of these things on this box mattered. This box does say a lot. I am a half Caucasian, half Mexican female. Big brown curly hair. Big brown eyes. 250 pounds, and all of it is me. A child of divorced parents. 
and only making it through my education with average grades. And yeah, that is okay with me. <laughs> but if I threw this box to someone in the crowd, doesn't it tell you who I am? This is all of me, isn't it? That's what I thought. I thought that all of this, all of what people see, is really who I am. If I could smush and cram myself into this box, wouldn't I be worthy enough for you to know? I know we all do this. We all kind of cut our hair, or dye it blonde, or ask my mom why I wasn't born with blue eyes. And I was one of those kids. I just wanted to know why God didn't give me a pair of pretty blues. Okay, everyone in my family has brown hair, brown eyes. I mean, at least, you know, I could be the special kid, something different. <laughs> and God, my mom would always say, God made you this way, you should be happy. And I admit I wasn't, but I went through life with all of these things anyway. But these things that I thought were important on my box were things that the eyes can see. But they were not in my head, and they were not in my heart. I was so wrong about the box, people. So wrong. I mean, seriously, I needed therapy, medication, whatever you could give me. And I did receive both. And I'm happy to say they worked a little. But at the end of the day, I needed God. I truly needed him. And, you know, it's funny that I say that because I was taught that my whole life to turn to him in struggle, to turn to him when I had pain, to turn to him when I wasn't happy, and not to ask why. I needed to finally allow him to lead me and sow the many gifts and seeds that I had within myself. The day I decided to allow God to take over my garden was the day I decided, decided not to have a gastric bypass. See, I've been planning this for a while. It's been building up for a couple years off and on. And coincidentally, my surgery date was scheduled for this upcoming spring break. I wrote a blog, which many of you read. I took my before pictures, which were horrendous. I met with a nutritionist, and I had a battery of health tests done, not to mention the fights I had with my insurance company to get it all paid for. I did all of this because of the number on my box. It's not about the number, although the number is big. It's about the symbols that came with the number. It's about what the number meant, what the number means when every doctor writes it on my paperwork, what it means when I have to write it on my entrance paperwork to a school. The number meant so much more. To me, it meant that my life was filled with diet after diet, obviously failed, and years of not fitting into a family who truly loved me and supported me through everything. And I can't thank them enough, and I wish they were here, but I know that they're praying for me. For people who don't truly know me, it seemed to mean I was lazy or insecure or maybe even deserved of the body that I lived in. It was one of those feelings where I felt I had to run. I had to get out. I had to finally be done with the one thing that I don't want and something that I always had to fight against every day. Every meal, waking up, going to bed. I go to bed by myself with me, and I wake up with the same person. 
It was like running around with your very own personal bully. My little sister has one, she's super hot, but hers is called, um, she walks around and when she's having a bad day, she always says, Meanie's following me, and I never got it. And then I realized I had my own bully. It follows you around and pokes you relentlessly about something. Everyone has one, whether it's about a failed relationship or just an unhappy day. Something is relentlessly poking you to point out that one bad thing or the one hardship that you face. Many women and men choose the surgery route for health for the right reasons, and I respect them for that. But my personal reasons weren't good enough. I was running. At the end of my pre-surgery process, I realized I still hadn't even come to terms with my decision, and I had never talked to God about it. One day, uh, one night, I was laying in bed and I really couldn't sleep, so I opened my eyes and prayed. It was one of those moments when you pray for so much, but you say you won't give anything in return, you kind of forget to mention that. Or it's one of those moments where you say, I want all of this and I'll give my life to have it. And that was one of those moments. I, I, I swore to give my life. I swore to give whatever it took to have God reshape me in some way overnight. And the thing about God, as gracious as he is, he understands those moments. I asked God to help me, to stop me from running. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know where to go, who to turn to. Everyone had a different opinion. Everyone had a different thought. Everyone thought it was really good I was having surgery. And then when I decided not to have surgery, that was also really good. So I didn't know. <laughs> it's true. It's so true. <laughs> I asked him to help me find the right path, the right garden in which to take root. I fell asleep that night crying and envisioning God holding my hand. Maybe that's all I needed. God did answer my prayer. Through his guidance, I finally took root. I rooted myself in the aspects of my life that mattered. These aspects. I discovered who I truly was and who I am truly happy to be. Now I have to mention if this was my life-size garden, you would all be in it. Because I'm not who I am and I would not have taken root without the many people in my life. So just picture yourself in my plant. I know my health matters, and I still think about it every minute of every day. I'm thinking about it right now. And I still work towards that daunting aspect in my life. But I focus on positive things, on the people around me, on my family, on my friends, on the good grades I get, average or not. My favorite verse says it all. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. God only wants the best for me, and, his, and in his eyes, all of my common characteristics, like my brown curly hair and my big brown eyes that he created, make me that much more unique because today I decided to finally take root and branch out in his garden. For this morning's prayer, we ask that you place your seeds in the palm of your hand and hold hands with the person next to you. Your seed connects with everyone in this room, thus creating God's garden. Who are you 
And where are you rooted? Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, you have led us all here to CLU to be rooted in your love. We ask that you guide us to be rooted in this place, surrounded by our brothers and sisters through hope and faith. We thank you for the relationships we will make, we have made, and the ones we will make tomorrow. We thank you for the rich soil you have created so that we as mustard seeds can grow strong branches and touch each other in your garden. Help us to realize our full potential as we focus on you now and always. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. <laughs>